Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. And uh, I'd like to welcome a special guest, author James Goy, writer of How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. How you doing, man? I'm doing real good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. 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 It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, Sounds exciting, man. You've been in over 300 podcasts or radio shows. Right, right. Yeah, so I've been I've been busy. Uh, they add up, you know. It's I've been at it for quite a while. I published my first book in 2007, and uh, November of 2007, and just kind of been, you know, when anybody wants to talk about it, I'm ready to go. Put it in that work, man. Yeah, right, right. And uh, what inspired you to write that book? Well, uh, when I um, first came out to California. I was 19 years old, so that's a long time ago. And I started finding my first books on um, uh, metaphysics, mind power, law of attraction, uh, positive thinking, just all of that kind of things, the spirituality and and whatnot. And um, it really just uh, gripped me, the subject, right from the beginning. And one of the things, one of my greatest needs was money because I didn't have any money. And when I could earn money, it was very little. And so I was always struggling and so when I really came to realize that there's really something to this, because growing up, I never heard anything about this, that our minds actually affect our environment. They affect our lives. They don't just affect our own abilities and uh, habits and what we do, but it actually goes out from us and has an effect on other people and events and circumstances. And uh, when I really understood that, then that was the main uh, way that I started to use mind power was to help myself financially. And so it just developed that I, I uh, really wanted to help other people. Um, because, you know, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books over the years. And, um, but it's kind of hard to do that. And most people aren't going to do that. And so I wanted to eventually, when I thought about it, I wanted to come up with just a very concise, usable, almost uh, manual so that people can learn, okay, attract money with mind power. Well, what's that mean? And how do you do it? And, and where they can actually just sit down, you know, in a few sittings or whatever, and, and really get the whole picture and understand. I quote 160 other books in my book. So it's very well researched. I want people to know I didn't just make this stuff up. This, this stuff's been around for hundreds and even thousands of years. It's in all of the spiritual teachings and mm-hmm. religions. And so, um, but I'm very uh, a spiritual person, so I'm very spiritually motivated, but I also realize that the old saying is true, that you can't teach a hungry man. And so I wanted my first book to help people financially. And now, of course, I've written 11 books now, 
a lot of them are in a much more spiritual vein. But, you know, I, I think that once people have their financial needs met, then they can open up more for spiritual matters and, and just the, their own mind capabilities. But when you're under pressure of daily survival because of finances, then that is really, um, uh, you, you don't have a lot of mental energy for anything else. And so that's why, uh, you know, I've written 11 books now. It's still the book I'm the best known for. And it's also still the book that I get the most interviews for. It's what people want to talk about. And especially now with everything that's going on, all the craziness in the world, uh, especially, you know, financially, um, you know, not the least of which is financially. Uh, I think it's a very timely book still for that. I love it, man. And uh, I love that spirituality stuff, law of attraction. Um, I always found that very interesting in that, you know, just manifestation, you know, from just thinking about it, just one thought can that energy just can, you can make it real, you know? Right. Right. And the interesting, yeah. The interesting thing is that everyone is doing it already all the time. Everyone, you know, everyone, I know everyone in the world, they're having uh, thoughts, they're having feelings, they're having images within their mind and they're speaking certain things that they think are true. And the average person doesn't understand that that's actually how you work mind power by your thoughts, your feelings, the images in your mind and the words that you speak. The problem is when you don't know about the process, then you get a mixed bag. You get some things you like, you get some things you don't like. Most people would change almost every area of their life. They're not happy with it. Uh, most people are um, financially way, way less than what they would want to be able to exhibit and have. And it's, but it's a big part of it is because they don't know that it's their thoughts and feelings and the images and their words, and therefore it's unregulated and it's just kind of a happenstance. Once you start to understand that that is the mechanism, those are the, the four basic tools that you use to work mind power so that uh, you can do uh, what all of these great teachers have taught us. You just look in the Bible and it says, um, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's a very simple phrase. Or have the faith of a mustard seed and say for the mountain to move from here to there and it'll move. Well, that's, that's all mind power. And you can find that in very, you know, every corner of the, uh, human literature for thousands of years. And once you understand it, and in my book, I really bring it all down step by step and make it very simple, then people can start using mind power right now to improve their lives in all ways. Awesome. And I think also people do it a lot in a very negative way. You know, you're driving that old car and you're like, don't break down, don't break down, don't break down. And it breaks down because right. that's what you were thinking about, you know? Yeah, yeah, because your, your subconscious mind does not understand a negative term like the word no. It hears break down. It doesn't hear the no. Like that doesn't really register because there's no picture that can be put with it. But break down, yeah, your mind can put a picture to that. Or people say, you know, I, I hope I don't lose my job. Um, well, your subconscious mind hears lose my job. And then that's what it's going to start working toward. People say, um, I'm not, I'm not that I'm not good with money or I'm stupid or, or I'm always making mistakes. And they just are really speaking their existence, their personality, their habits, uh, their circumstances. They're speaking everything into um, existence because we talked about, um, you know, thoughts, feelings and images. But it's really the words that um, empower all of that it, it, because words are a physical vibration in this um, world. And it actually 
um, gives a lot more power and focuses these other things. And you, so when you start speaking things, then you get them a lot quicker. And most people are speaking a lot of things they don't want. When you understand it and turn it around, then you can start speaking a lot of things you do want. But uh, let me open up my book here. Um, let's see, tomorrow, I have a chapter on um, speak as if. Mm. And so I have, uh, you know, uh, I have eight quotes in every chapter. So um, in this one here, uh, let's see. If we listen to the words of the failure multitude, we will soon learn that by their words, they are justified and condemned. And that's from a book by Julius Seaton called The Science of Success from 1914. And what wow. she's basically saying is, what you say is what you're gonna get. Um, here's another interesting little book. It's called Health and Wealth from Within. It was written in 1909 or published, William E. Town. And, words constitute a point of focus for creative energy so you know i <clears throat> we're doing this interview and people are listening if all they get is that oh when i'm talking i'm actually putting forces into play that are going to come back to either haunt me or bless me if that's all they got from this whole interview to start speaking differently they would be they they could transform their whole lives with that one technique but then there's many others, you know, if I look in my uh, table of contents and we can talk about any of these that we want to, but um, desire, belief, expectancy, money mindset, money goals, think and results. You think about what you want, not about what you don't want. Think and feel as if, speak as if, which is just basically always speaking as if the things you want to come about and be true either are now or will be true. Um, and then you have other um, act as if, which is a big one, you know, you, you start acting now as if, in other words, if you're creating having uh, a lot of money, but you are afraid to spend any money, like, you know, you have the money in your pocket, it's a reasonable expense, but you're in the grocery store and you say, oh, you know, avocados, $2, I can't afford that. Well, sure you can. You got 60 bucks in your pocket, you have a job, you got gas in the car, but people have this mindset that they can't afford things. And so, uh, that's a simple example. If you're acting as if, you're acting as if you would always have enough money and you know there's more money coming in and you would buy the avocado if that's what you want. Um, and then other um, like affirmation, visualization, uh, intuition, you know, there's, uh, I got 20 chapters in here, but each one is, is a, an important part of the puzzle. But as with the example of speaking as if and, and watching how you talk, it's a, it shows that um, any one of these techniques can transform your life. Just one technique. But the, nice. the, yes, but the fact that the, the, one of the reasons that's so is because you're never really doing just one technique. See, if I'm speaking, uh, trying to speak things the way I want them to be, well, I'm creating images in my mind. Automatically, I'm creating the appropriate thoughts. Um, I'm having positive emotions based on I'm seeing these, uh, you know, positive desires that I'd like to have. So, and we, I could go through that with any one of these. If you're doing any one, you inadvertently are doing others as well. And that's why it's so powerful because it's very synergistic. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about that. Um, wow. <laughs> this, I, I didn't know there was so much to it. Wow. Right. It's, there's a lot to it, but when you boil it all down, it comes down uh, to very simple. There's lots of techniques and there's lots of, you know, uh, things to understand 
But if all a person understood was thoughts, feelings, images, and words, and they just try to have all that be positive and, and focused on what they want, they could, you know, transform their lives. But then there's other things that, you know, they help a lot. And um, another one would be uh, that people don't think about really, but it would be environment. And if you, if you get into uh, even uh, quantum physics, but certainly spirituality, metaphysics, we start to understand that our entire environment, uh, and that includes where we work, where we hang out, our home, you know, everything. The inside of our car is an environment that we spend a lot of time in. That has really come out of our minds. We have created that or attracted that or modify these uh, environments according to what's going on inside our minds. So that's one understanding that what we are thinking, what's going on inside of us is creating what's going on outside of us. There's another part of this that most people don't, they kind of overlook it. And that is that the outside is also affecting the inside. So it's a closed loop. What we think attracts our environment, but then our environment reinforces what we're thinking. And so an easy example is if a person's house is very disorganized, stuff all over, you can never find anything. Well, that's their mind. Their mind is disorganized. Now, if you start to organize your thoughts more clearly, then you'll find yourself just automatically starting to organize your house without even thinking about it. But, wow. here's, the part, but here's the part that's really amazing is if you start organizing your house, your thoughts will start becoming more organized without even thinking about it because one feeds the other and they're a reflection of each other. And so that's, that's an example of one of the things in the book here that most people never think of, but that's extremely powerful and so simple to, I mean, anyone can go into their kitchen right now, open up the, one of the drawers that's a mess, maybe the silverware drawer, but you got rubber bands in there and you know, you got all this stuff that you never use. And plus it's dusty, you know, and it hasn't been clean. And you clean that one drawer. Like if somebody watching this just goes in their kitchen or, or wherever, clean out one drawer, their bedroom, they actually have cleaned up a part of their mind. They've made their mind a little more streamlined, a, a little more efficient, a little more, um, you know, for a certain operational usage. And that actually has had a positive mental effect. So some people say, oh, I have a hard time changing my thoughts. All right, well, then go and just clean up a drawer because that's easy. Anybody can do it. And by doing that, you're cleaning up your mind. You're organizing your mind just a little better. And you, and you, you can work it from either end. And I say work it from both ends. Organize your thoughts more, but also get your house organized and each one feeds the other. And before you know it, it becomes normal for you to have a, like a streamlined, uh, uh, environment, whether it's at work or in, in the glove compartment of your car or whatever, where everything serves a purpose and aids you in, in being more focused and more powerful in what you're trying to accomplish in life. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I've heard that, uh, you know, if you clean your room that you, you'll sleep better. That's what I heard. Right, or you'll right. be less stressed. And right. that makes sense that you're organizing your mind. So, you know, that makes sense why you could sleep better, think better. Exactly. Less stress. Yeah, some people will tell you to, um, if possible, not everybody has the space, but if possible, try to have your bedroom be your bedroom for the purpose of sleeping. Like a lot of people have a desk in there and they do all their office work and maybe they don't, you know, you can, you might be in a studio, you're, you know, it's all in one. Uh, but if you have the option of having a space to sleep, even if you put a little room divider 
down the middle of a room and you've got your sleeping space on one side and you're working on the other, it does help to you to, to sleep better and to be more creative and all of that. Yeah. That's smart. Separate it. Just right. Strictly sleeping. I like it. Right. Right. And not everybody has the space. You know, some people have a big place and they can have an office in one room, a bedroom in another room and uh, exercise in another room. Uh, you work with what you have to work with. Um, but there's always ways to, to make it better than what it is as far as uh, streamlining and having, and, and having a more purposeful uh, environment. Yeah. Wow. So it's just little things like that people don't think about that can right. just better your life so much. Right, right. And the more you start to understand how, how your mind does work, um, and the more you start to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, think a little better, start thinking about the results you want, you don't want, watch your words. And it, it all just feeds each other. And it, it, it all, it's, it's almost imperceptible. Like you don't even realize the massive changes that are going on inside of you from these tiny little things. Cause it's the little things that add up to the whole, which is your life. But it's the, it's a million little things. And when you do one, you're, you're setting dominoes in effect. You're setting the dominoes falling for all these other areas. And so it's really just about uh, having an understanding of mind power and then uh, starting to focus more in that direction, getting clear on what it is you want, because most people don't know what, what they want. Um, uh, because a big part of it is they don't think they can get it. Like people think, oh, I'd love to win the lottery. And then they have all these weird fantasies like, oh, I'd buy a yacht and I'd do this. Well, they don't understand. A yacht's going to cost them a million dollars a year just for maintenance. Like they don't think about the, the practicality, the reality. Oh, wow. Oh, if I won $5 million, I'd buy a $4 million mansion. Yeah, well, you know how much the taxes are going to be on that every year? And your million dollars isn't going to last very long that you save. They don't think practically. So you start to think, you know, uh, but I also talk in my book about frugality and not being wasteful. And just because someone has, um, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you don't have to live like you have that much money. And actually, if you live like you always live like you have less than you have, then you'll always have more money. Um, and what's going on right now in, in the economy and whatnot, I mean, I just was listening to something yesterday that said... Um, I guess it was uh, supposedly the economy was doing very well before the pandemic. Okay, well, that's debatable because there wasn't a strong foundation under it to begin with, but everybody was, you know, a lot of people at work, the unemployment low, this and that. But come to find out that um, half to three quarters of the people in the United States were actually living paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Half to three quarters. And that's in a good economy. That's why everybody panicked with the whole coronavirus. That's why everybody had to panic because there was no forethought. There's no preparation. Everyone is stretched out on credit. They want to drive the, nobody asks uh, how much is that car? They ask how much is the payment, right? And if they can make the payment, then they take the car and everyone is completely uh, stretched out and everything is okay as long as nothing changes, as long as they don't get, uh, lose their job or get a reduction in pay or whatever um but as Very soon as the little yeah as soon as the littlest thing happens it's almost game over there's a lot people are ending up homeless now and there's just uh because they they they're trying to look like they have more than they have because when you're when you're on credit 
then you're presenting a picture and you're living a life that you can't actually afford. You're having to borrow and you're signing away your future. And, and when it comes to um, uh, any faltering in your income, it all falls apart. And so this is actually a good thing in a lot of ways because it's teaching a lot of people that that's really not the way to live. You want to live below your means. You want to be comfortable, but um, I don't care if you have you know $50 million in the bank. You don't live like you have $50 million. People have people live in, you know, ten million dollar mansions and drive Maseratis and whatnot. And guess what? They're in debt, <laughs> big time. Right? But they have a business or or they're a CEO or whatever, and they and they make really good money. Maybe they make a million and a half a year. Well, look at all the big businesses now that are just going under. You know, uh, uh, forget even the the small mom and pops. A lot of those won't be coming back. They keep getting hammered down. You know, first they get closed for several months and then, okay, we'll let you open, but only 50% capacity, like with restaurants or whatever. And by the way, only 20% of your customers are comfortable yet to even come back out because they're afraid of the virus. And oh, by the way, now we have to retract and close down, like especially here in California. Now we got to close you down again. Same here in Arizona. <laughs> right, we're, right. We're closed down again. Right. And so it's people... Uh, are just not prepared for that. So, um, but you know, the, the techniques I teach, you know, you can attract money, you can attract what you want and you need, but I also teach people to be very um, respectful of money. Like if I turn to uh, chapter 14, laws of money, um, and um, money goes where it flows. So um, circulating money does help to attract money. Money goes where it's welcome. So you want to be, um, uh, in other words, if you see a penny on the ground, some people can't be bothered to pick it up. I always pick a penny up. I would never, because I'm using my mind power to attract money from the universe. And there's a free penny in front of me that the universe has put. I'm not going to say, oh, that's only a penny. Because what people don't understand is that there's no difference in kind between a penny and a million dollars. It's the same exact thing. Only one is a greater degree. And if you're trying to attract more, then you want to accept everything that comes in. Uh, money goes wow. where it's appreciated. A lot of people aren't grateful for the money they have. Uh, money goes where it's respected. So, you know, you pay your bills on time. You, you're frugal. You don't waste money. You never waste money on anything. I mean, you can, sp you can spend, and people have a million dollars to throw a party, okay, like a wedding for your daughter because you're an oil sheik. That's fine. You're not wasting money. It's all being spent. A lot of people are, are you know, supporting their families from that, uh, but you don't want to uh, be wasteful. And money goes where it's uh, given out from. So you want to be, you know, uh, give back part of what you get, whether you're handing a homeless person a dollar or whether you give to your church or whatever it is. Um, but never to be um, wasteful. That's that's a big one. So which is what most people do. <laughs> they, right. They're wasteful. <laughs> right, right. They, they're wasteful. They, everything is throwaway and people just, you know, I'm always, I'm always uh, surprised. I don't know why I'm still surprised, but you, you'll be watching a movie or a TV show and the people are having dinner or whatever. And then uh, they go after dinner and they take the plates over to the trash can and they scrape everything off. And I'm like, oh my God, we would have never done that. Like growing up, oh, like yeah. you, you don't waste one bite of food, you know? That's, 
it's it's disrespectful and even if you can afford to why you know it's that's how i am that's why i'm fat i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you don't waste anything right yeah 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 and um Back to how you were saying how people don't uh, spend money wisely, how they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. I've heard so many people complain, oh, I'm broke. Oh, I never have money. But they have a $1,000 phone. Right. They have a newer car. You know, they're, they're in debt constantly. Right. And, like, you know, I make okay money, but I drive a 99 GMC Yukon. Right. And people are like, hey, you make good money. Why don't you get a new car? I'm like, and be in debt? Fuck that. You know, like. Right, right. I'm like, I yeah. love my, it's a nice car. You know, it's in good condition. I don't need a new car. But right. people are constantly um, buying new things just to impress others. Right. We're constantly going in debt just to look cooler or, or, or wealthier than they are. Yeah. And the weird thing is uh, that if you don't, it's like people come to you and say, well, how come you're not driving a nicer truck? You can afford it. Like you're supposed to do it. Like, yeah. what's wrong? What's wrong here? You know? And I'm like, fuck that. You know? Right, right. Yeah, that's the mindset. But uh, yeah, frugality is a big one. Uh, preparedness, you know, like people, um, they were totally unprepared. We saw the panic at the grocery stores and whatnot. I mean, people have no food in their house. I mean, we, you know, we live on a just-in-time uh, inventory where the food's brought in every day. And if the slightest thing little thing goes wrong i mean even as a kid growing up in new jersey and they would announce a blizzard coming on the news and uh in hours the shelves are just wiped out and i'm thinking you know didn't you have any food in the house already (laughs) like they it's three day it's a three day blizzard and then you know and people just panic because they don't have the basic supplies so or the toilet paper (laughs) yeah that's a big one, you know. I mean, who's gonna, you know, have enough, um, uh, you know, confidence in in the supply chain to have two rolls of toilet paper in your house? You and know, pe- people were fighting for it. You know, there yeah. it was like Black Friday. You know, right? And uh, I even um, I usually get bottled water because I, I just have tap water or bottled water. You know, right. I don't have like a water cooler. And that was getting hard to find. That was like toilet paper. And I had found one case at a local little store around here, a family dollar. I found a case. And the lady, uh, she was telling me that uh, people were fighting because I guess they were waiting in line and they were fighting, complaining, you know, like, and then the people working there, the cash register are stressed out. Everybody's screaming at them. Yeah. And then the truck, the delivery truck comes, and then she went out to the back, and people were trying to bribe the truck driver. <laughs> like, yo, I'll give you $10 extra if you give me toilet paper or water or, you know, and she's like, back off. <laughs> so she had to close the store, tell everybody to leave, and let wow. the guy bring in the inventory because people were crazy. Right, right. So I think that good, good comes of everything. Um, and so I hope that a lot of people have and are taking this as a wake-up call that they should live below their means. They should, you know, uh, put something aside for a rainy day. They shouldn't try to impress um, uh, people, you know, who, who don't even hardly notice you anyway. You don't like them anyway, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, drive a car that 
that you like you know and if you know if you've got issues where you've got self-esteem issues that's a that's another part of it people they they don't feel uh, whole within themselves and they have inferiority feelings or whatever and so they're always trying to bolster that up with uh, new cars and the biggest house they can afford and whatnot and that'd be okay if they actually could afford it but <laughs> they can't they can't most people can't mm -hmm. um, i was very i remember when i was young and i uh with my mother i went over some friend of hers house or whatever and he had this great big huge house like for me I mean, i've never seen anything like it like eight rooms or something like we lived in you know a couple of rooms you know three rooms or something uh we lived in a two two family house um when i was really young uh on the first floor we were and people were on the second floor i saw this great big house and i said wow this guy must be really rich you know as we're walking up the driveway my mother said no not necessarily uh he he's just you know uh owes the bank for the house you know he's making payments and to me i thought oh wow you can you can have something like this and not have any money i'm like how does that work i didn't know how that worked you know now i know how it works you know and that's it's called credit but um things are things are changing now things are going to be different the economy is um the the damage being done to the economy right now most people do not really fathom it it is worse than we think and it's going to last longer the ramifications of it um uh, and so that's why you know what i teach in, in this book and, and the other books is so important because things have changed there is a new normal even though it hasn't normalized um, but things are not going to be like they were before anytime soon um, and so people need to start to understand that see before when things are going good and you have a job you're making money you don't need to know anything about mind power right you know you're making however much money every week and you know what your payments are on your car and your your rent or your mortgage and you, you but as soon as anything changes um, and things get harder that's when the people that understand mind power and the law of attraction um, have the real advantage because they can still do the same things uh, that got them to where they were because they used mind power. But if people didn't consciously do it, then they don't know how to do it. And so they sink, you know, they say, uh, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, but the, the uh, receding tide also drags all the boats down with it when it comes down. Oh, wow, and, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, it's all about, you know, in the end, it's about your mind, and so that's what people need to start getting back to right now, what's important in life, um, being frugal, looking ahead, being prepared for the unexpected, and using your mind in positive ways to help attract abundance to you so that you, you can spare yourself a lot of the suffering um and hardship that's a lot of people this is just still the beginning um of what's of what's gonna come around yeah it's, it's, it's gonna be bad yeah yeah so and my newest book is called the new normal by the way oh and nice yeah it's um the new normal i can hold it up here the spirit uh, a spiritual metaphysical and common sense take on the 2020 coronavirus emergency and its after effects and so in the book in the beginning it's it's talks really about the the nature of reality itself that you know 
as the mystics have always said that life is an illusion in quantum physics and even just you know physics we understand that everything is really energy energy and matter uh inter uh, you know they are interchangeable and it has to do with um consciousness is the driving force behind it and we can focus consciousness so it it helps people to understand that this is no better or worse than anything else that happens or has ever happened but we can get a spiritual perspective on it but also in the book i talk about you know um preparedness and um um, becoming more spiritual as a form really of self-defense um, because when we become more spiritual and we understand we have a clearer perception of what's real then we can actually wield more power to make things the way we want it to be but we can also protect ourselves from a lot of the negative things um, and that could be just exerting mind power for specific end results but it can also be other things that are a little less, uh, um, you know, uh, a little harder to put your direct finger on, such as divine intervention. You know, there are forces in the universe that will, um, and there's so many stories out there and books and thousands and thousands and new ones every single day of somebody was drowning and they felt some something, you know, take a hold of them and pull them towards the shore. Mm -hmm. uh, one I remember the guy crashed a small uh, plane and he was inside the cockpit and the entire plane was in flames except oh for, except for the little area around him and he walked and i've had experiences motorcycle accident um, um people trying to pull guns on me a couple of times where this, yeah where this force came in and just um it's a, it's a combination of See, most people look at my at, um, divine intervention as like God or some outside force coming in to help you. And it does indeed look like that. But it's also an element of mind power. And, and when you get into um, a deep understanding of metaphysics, spirituality, quantum physics, you start to understand that we're really all part of one energy field. And so nothing can really happen to me or for me. Um, without me participating so you know we participate in all of that even if it's an un unconscious level that we don't understand we're doing it um, but a lot of times we can look back and and see things more for what they were so but all of this you know if anybody right now is not uh, deeply concerned with uh, what's going on then they're not paying attention and another point I make in the book is that I want people to start seeking out alternate um, sources of information, right? Because if all you're doing is listening to the mainstream media right now about the economy and about um, the virus and all this, then you are sorely uh, underinformed at best and, and, and really misinformed big time um, yeah because you know you're on youtube right you, you know that there is so much information out there so many other points of view and a lot of people coming forth uh that are saying things other than what we're hearing mm -hmm. um, and these are people that are very um you know um have positions uh, of respect they're doctors in some cases or whatever and they ha actually have more to lose than the game by coming forth and saying certain things and so I don't get into all of the, uh, you know, the um, 
conspiracy angle of it all. I mean, I have my own beliefs, um, uh, but I don't really share those because it, it's beside the point. What I share is the I, the motivation or or just the, the heads up to people that you need to do your research and get on there and listen to all these other people and see what they're saying. And a lot of what the little guys are saying, you know, these far flung, you know, fringe people that are coming out of the word work um, or whatever. I mean, I say coming out of the woodwork, a lot of them have had platforms for many years, even decades. And a lot of what they've been talking about for decades is even coming about now. And so they have more credibility to me. Um, but in the book, I don't go into what exactly I think is going on or why. I go into the fact that uh, I do say that I don't believe the standard story that most people believe and that I encourage other people to do their own research. Very smart. Cause, yeah. uh, I tell people like, so like maybe December or when the virus first, we first started hearing about it, right. you know, the experts in China were saying, oh, it spreads through your dogs. Your dogs can get it too. So they were killing all of their dogs. Right. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Dogs can't get it. And then they say, oh, it spreads through saliva. And then now it's airborne. It could get in your eyeballs. So it's right. like what, what the experts are saying. It's it's all over the place. It changes. We were, in the beginning, we weren't we were encouraged not to wear masks. Yes. Then all of a sudden, now we're supposed to wear masks. And uh, oh, by the way, I'll mention we talked about it before the show. But the new normal is one of the books that is free that I have for free on Amazon Kindle. Nice. So, yeah, and I have two other books and three three others coming down the line pretty soon here that'll be free. But if anybody wants to read that, and I encourage everybody to read The New Normal for sure, it's free on Kindle. You just go there and download it. If you don't have a Kindle reader, you get the free Kindle app. You can download it right there for your computer. I have it on my computer. I don't have a Kindle reader. And then you can uh, download the book for free, and you can actually read this book in one sitting. Um, and the way this book came about was very interesting because um, from the from when I was inspired to write this book, because I, I knew I wanted to say something about about what's going on, but I really didn't know what like what could I say, you know, because I didn't know how to. Uh, it's just hard to put spiritual principles and things into um, and a different point of view that people who already know think they know you know they're really not open but the the long and short of it is from when I actually sat down to start writing it 21 days later it was actually in print on Amazon like a book from wow from sitting down and starting it to 20 I mean that's never happened to, for me I've written books in short times but then there's a lot of you know, proofreading and putting it aside and, and just as all this process. But, and so three weeks later, I look back and I'm like, where the heck did that come from? It came out of nowhere. And then there it is. And then every once in a while, like I think about a week ago, I sat down and read it again. You can read it in one sitting. It's a small, small book. And I'm like, let me make sure I still like this. Cause like, I don't even know what I said, you know, and I, and I read it. Came out so fast. Yeah, and then, then every time I read it, I'm like, at the end, I'm relieved. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, that's a good book. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And so that's one of the books that I that I made for free on Amazon. I have no plans on putting a price on it. I'm just going to leave it out there. And, and nice to read it can read it. Yeah, free knowledge can't beat that. Right, right. And um, going back to that um divine intervention, um, you know, I always wondered, like, you know, your mind power, um, I. 
I think a lot of people give that credit to God. I'm not saying God don't exist, but mm -hmm. I'm saying a lot of your own mind power that you have and you might not be aware of, but people give that power towards God. You know, like, oh, thank, thank God. God gave me this job. It's like, well, maybe you worked your ass off and developed skills and, you know, you're consistent or worked hard, whatever you did, but you maybe you deserve that job. But people are like, God got me this job. It's like, give yourself some credit sometimes, you know? Right, right. I think there's a lot of confusion about uh, God or the concept of God. Mm -hmm. and I actually, I have a, a book. Um, let me pull it up here real quick. But it's called um, The God Function. And the subtitle is A Spiritual Journey into Cosmic Consciousness for Attracting Abundance, Controlling Circumstances, and Manifesting Miracles. And so that's called The God Function. And basically in the book, uh, you know, I talk about how some people believe in God and some people don't. And people who believe in God, some people think it's like the white bearded guy on the throne. And other people think uh, if they're more metaphysically minded, God is in all things everywhere, including all people. And I make the point that, you know, all of that sounds good. We can debate it forever. Is God an individual being or is he in all things? Does he exist or does he not exist? But we can debate that forever. But what really is beyond debate, I think, is the concept, I call it the God function. And that is that there does indeed seem to be, and de demonstrably and, and observably uh, is, a function within the universe, within this energy we're in, that acts as, as God is said and thought to act by people who believe in God. I got a good idea. I might get hungry later, baby. Hold this hot dog for me. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you're broke down. Oh, yeah. See, this is why when I transport weed, I only carry one gram on me, but I carry it in a, like an 800 pound safe. We are Happy Hour News Team. Follow us. We love Florida, man. They say they're all damaged. They're all damaged goods. Damaged goods. Damaged goods. Oh. So we talk cars. Shooby dooby doo. Shooby dooby doo. Am I? No. If you don't know where you're at. Oh, I know where I'm at. Oh, but you just said, where am I? Well, I was trying to, like, <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Fuck, there's a microphone. Big yellow truck driving away. I think you've had too much to <laughs> We are happy our news team. We are happy our news You can't. We are Happy Hour News Team. Follow us.
let's uh, let's get back around to to our regular regularly scheduled bullshit. <laughs> in other words, they've even done studies where you know uh, people pray for people in this half of the hospital and not the other half, and the people they pray for in this half of the hospital they have quicker uh, healing rates and they you know lower mortality and all of this. Um, if you do bad things, uh, you know, you bring bad a- around to yourself. So all of the things that have been attributed to, to God um, actually can be observed and have been observed by brilliant minds over thousands of years and reported. And we talk about divine intervention. I've had experiences myself, which are beyond, you know, anything that can be explained by, you know, normal science. Um, and the known laws of nature and whatnot. Um, so uh, I, I think that the, the function is there. And I think that we can get beyond the need to have to say, well, it's God, and here's what God looks like, and here's how God is. Because in the, in the book, I make the point that, you know, we're just human beings with these tiny little human brains, you know, this little mass of tissue. Uh, that, by the way, has all these pollutants from our food and our water and our air going through it, like it's not even a clean uh, physical, uh, physiological mechanism. And are we really, it, it might be the height of human, you know, uh, folly um, and arrogance to think that we can actually describe God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know what God is, here it is, and I'm going to go all over the world and try to convert everybody to what I think. Very I'm just, true. Yeah, I'm just a human person. And if we understand really the power of the human mind, we you can actually make a, uh, a case for, you know, we say whether is God um, a personal being or an impersonal everything, we can actually make a case for um, both. Because the human mind, just the human mind is so powerful that if we started to have these uh, these stories about a personal God, there may actually be a creation there, call it a thought form. We, we may actually have created that personal God through human thought. It may have started out as impersonal. We've made something personalized out of it, something that actually does know us and watch over us and whatnot. Um, but that does not negate the fact is there as well, which is God in everyone. You know, we, we are each God personified in a sense. And so um, that's, I think this is a book uh, on the back here. I say this just might be the most uh, original and thought provoking book on God, quote unquote, God uh, ever written. And I, and I really, uh, I, I believe that because it gets beyond uh, theory and just that, listen, here's how things work. It's observable. And it, when we understand how those things work, we can work with it and we can get the benefits that we want. Uh, while blessing everyone in the process and no one has to lose. And that's, that's what I call the God function. I love it. You know, cause um, I think people just are so set in their ways. And then of course there's, you know, indoctrination. And so people are always stuck in their religion and they're always like, I'm right. You're wrong. My religion's the way yours is not, you know, it's right. like, well, who are you to say that? You know, like I like to tell people that, you know, they, they go around talking shit about other religions. And I'm like, who's to say yours is better than theirs? You know, right. like, right. It, if I don't understand it. <laughs> it separates people more than anything. It brings 
people together within each belief system, but by definition, it has to exclude everyone else on the entire planet. Exactly. And, and it's kind of like a, an arrogance where people, they look down on everyone else. Like I know the truth, you know, and if you're not, yeah, if you're not this religion or that religion, then I don't like you. I can't trust you. You're not a part of my circle and, or you're not worthy, you know, right, right. You're going to hell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, it's healthy to, I, I think that in the beginning, like of, you know, there's, there's many levels of consciousness on the, on the planet. And I think that uh, water seeks its own level. So every level of consciousness finds a, a vibration, a belief system, a group of people that it, it can uh, kind of vibrate with and be comfortable with. And so I think if, if people um, have, they're in a certain religion or teaching, and that's, it could be a spiritual teaching where you've got a guru, you know, or some teacher that's supposed to be, you know, God incarnate. And a lot of these have, have been cults, actually. They're not healthy, but, uh, you know, uh, I, w- I was in what, I won't tell the name of it, but I was in what many people have come to recognize as, as being a cult and would say as a cult in my early 20s. And, and I came out of it so much more uh, empowered that I would never let anything like that happen again, that I would never look outside of myself for spiritual uh, un- understanding or advancement again. I mean, uh, so it was, you would say, well, that was a negative thing. You were under this program, you were in a cult, you know, and and I say, no, it's the most powerful thing that could have happened to me. And I'm happy that it happened when I was so young, because then I got freed up to, to be my own um, captain of my own spiritual ship. And so I look at the religions and things, and I think, well, they believe in God. They believe in a higher power, which there is one. There's a higher power that at least is above what we know ourselves to be, even if it's us. And so they try to do good, right? They try, they, they have charities through the church, they give food or whatever it is. And, and at least they come together on Sundays and they, they all try to be nice. Now, a lot of them go back out into the world for the next week and they're, you know, uh, shysters, you know, they're car mechanics that are lying to everyone or they're lawyers. Big that, time. Yeah. And then they come, but at least it's something, uh, it's better than, uh, than nothing. So I look, I look at everything, I don't judge anything as good or bad, even the, the beliefs about God or no God or anything else. Everything has its place, water seeks its own level, consciousness always uh, resonates with like consciousness, and, uh, and it's all good. It's all good, it's all in divine order. That's a, a new book of mine, the next book of mine I publish is um, on divine order. And it's the, basically the concept no, that no matter how things look, it's all working for the best. Um, and one example is uh, if someone loses a job and then they have a chance meeting with an old friend and through that they get a, a new job, but it's a better job. They make more money. They like it more. It's closer to their house. I mean, anything you can think of, it's better. And so people, the average person, if they believe in divine order, they would say, oh, well, that was great because there was a problem. The guy lost his job and then divine order came in and did all of this. And now he has the perfect job he never could have imagined. But we have to look one, one, take one step back and look one level deeper. He's got this wonderful, perfect, beautiful job that he couldn't have even imagined. It's better in every way than the other job. And guess what? He never would have had it if he didn't lose the other job. 
So we actually can see that losing the job was also in divine order. That's the part that people don't see. They think, oh, it's terrible. I lost my job. How many times have you heard people say, we're talking about something that happened to them in the past. And they say, at the time, I thought it was the worst thing that ever could happen to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? But it turned out to be the best thing because, you know, yes, she divorced me, but now I found the real love of my life. Or, you know, I lost that job, but then I found my true calling. And I want people to know that it's all in divine order, the good and the bad. And to start when you're when you lose the job, oh, then you're saying, "Oh, this is great. This is in divine order. There's something better for me." And not always just be able to look back in hindsight and say, "Oh, yeah, that was great." But know when you're going through it that this too is good, and it's going to lead to something better. And when you're adding your mind and your focus to that, of course, it would come about even quicker. There'd be less suffering involved because so much of our suffering as human beings is self-inflicted. And most of it is mental. All we your just, stress and anxiety. Exactly, exactly. And if we start looking at everything as uh, in divine order, which I believe it really is, um, all of that stress, I mean, so much of the stress, the uncertainty, the fear, it just melts away because you know that everything's always been okay, it's going to continue to be okay, and then it's going to get even better. Yeah, you know, sometimes I've had some bad days and I think to myself, you know what? I'm alive, so I have tomorrow. Right. I have a chance to get better, you know. Right. And um, sometimes I've had anxiety, and, you know, you have these thoughts that are maybe don't even make sense, but you're stressed about little things. or, And then when you get over, you're like, why the fuck was I stressed about that? Like, <laughs> you know, like, but. It seems inconsequential when you look back at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And right. I'm, I'm like, why was I worried about that? It, it, you know, it, it all turned out to be good. I worried for nothing. Right. You know, sometimes I'll get home and I'm like, fuck, man, did I fuck up at work and not realize it? You know, or just stupid shit like that. And I'm like, dude, just forget about it. You deal yeah. with it when you get, get to work tomorrow, you know, and nothing happens, or, you know. Or, right. Or why did I say this? Or why did I say that? And I wonder what they think. And did they misunderstand me? Is that person mad at me now? What's that person think of me? I mean, we got this stuff, you know, we can have it going through our minds all the time. It, and it takes all your mental energy. Um, and half the time or more, we're probably wrong. Whatever we're thinking or worrying about, sometimes, sure, yeah, we said something stupid and they think we're an ass. But most of the time, it's not nearly as bad as what we're thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. so we're just, making up our own problems. <laughs> right, right. Yep. And so by the, in the, by the same token, we make up our own, um, our own wonderful scenarios. That's true. Know? And, but when we start to think about the divine order aspect of it, we were just talking about, then you can look back and say, you know what? Yeah. What I said in that meeting today, that was stupid, but <laughs> it's in divine order somehow. Who knows? Maybe people are going to have empathy for me now, or they're not going to be so, uh, if you're the boss, well, they won't be so intimidated now. They'll see I'm human too. I mean, there's good that comes from everything. When you look for the good, then you find it more readily. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I love it, man. And this whole, uh, I'm not too familiar with quantum physics, but I've seen a couple of videos of, you know, like the hologram theory, right. like how, you know, everything's just a simulation that your brain is making, basically, right? right? Your right. senses, it, it's just what your brain's telling you. 
Right. And then, you know, there's always that wonder, like, what if our brains were more capable? How how would that change reality? Right. Right. Because we can only see and remember so much of what we see every day. Imagine we could see more, you know, like some animals seeing UV light, you know, imagine we could do that. It'd be a whole different world. Right. Right. <clears throat> and I do, I do think that, um, that reality is not what it appears to be at all. And, and, and when you look into quantum physics, you really start to see that it's validating what the mystics have been saying for thousands of years without the science behind it. But now we have the science behind it, that your mind affects reality, that everything is um, energy. And, and really, when you start looking at it, there's nothing actually um, there. It is like a hologram, and it's all consciousness directed, and it comes about through observation. And the mystics will also uh, bear this out, as well as the quantum physics, which is the concept that the observer and the observed are not separate. In other words, we're not separate from what we're looking at. That's a part of us. Nice. We're, we're in that energy. And, that, and that's one of the reasons, to me, explains why we can have so much influence over what we observe. Um, and in, in quantum physics, they know that, you know, depending on how they set up an experiment, it's kind of like what you look for is what you find. And if you expand that out, we can make a case for the fact that uh, modern science is not discovering reality or even, you know, um, geology or whatever is not actually discovering the past history of the planet or anything. Because there's another concept in there that, that basically is the concept of time. The time is, is an illusion. If that's true, then there's no past or future. Um, everything is in the, the ever-present moment. And so when we start to, you know, look at all of that, um, and we, we start to understand that it's, it is, um, there's a book I read many years ago that, that helped me, and it was called The Holographic Universe. Oh, wow. Calvin. And he, he basically, I haven't read the book in years. I still have it. I have a lot of books. Um, but uh, basically, that reality of what we think is reality is nothing like that. It is a hologram. It is a, is a mental construct. And um, we ourselves are basically projections. Um, wow. You know how Jim Carrey was going around for a while saying how he didn't exist? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he's tapping into that. I'm like, yeah, great. Everybody's looking at him like, you know, sideways because they don't understand that it's a very profound um, spiritual understanding that he, Jim Carrey, James Goy Jr., you know, we, we don't exist as that person. We're, we're, not in, we're not an individual uh, like we think we are. We're not our history. Uh, we're not even actually physical. There, there is no physical. If you look deep enough into your own body with a powerful enough microscope, you'll see the atoms and, and the molecules. They're, they're as far away from each other as the planets are in the solar system. There's, there's nothing solid. And so he's, he really tapped into something there. And then that space in between the molecules is the same space in outer space, you know? Right, right. And then you, the deeper you look in that, there's the, the concept in uh, quantum physics that um, reality is actually non-local, which means there is no place. 
there is no distance, like, you know, uh, a thousand light years. It means nothing. Every point in creation is touching every other point in creation. That's why they, the, you ever hear of the butterfly effect? Oh, yes. A butterfly can flap its wings and there's a tsunami on the other side of the planet. It's, it's the basic understanding that everything affects everything. And so the deeper you go into trying to understand consciousness, the more you realize that um, why we have such a hard time. Because if you start talking about there's no distance, there's no time, there's no place, there's no forward or back, or past or future, there's no other side of the planet, but everything is just a, a frame of reference. It's just a mental construct of trying to understand something but in the process everything we think we're understanding is not even there uh, so the deeper you get into it the the more you can understand why the average person will have such a hard time with it and that's because it goes against everything that our physical senses tell us but uh, we only have the you know these few physical senses um and then of course we have our extrasensory uh, perception but we're only tuned into a certain frequency band. Um, and therefore, we think everything outside of that is like doesn't exist. Like we can't fathom it because we can't experience it. And what if everything we experience is not real and the things that we can't experience because they're beyond our human perception, that's where reality lies. And so when you start to stretch your mind out, I like to think of it as stretching your mind out to that point. When we stretch our human mind to a certain point, it can only go so far because, because it's a human mind, it has built-in limitations. But if we stretch our human mind enough, then we rise above it because there's another part of us, our mind, that's not contained within the, the physiological functions of the human brain. And so from there, we can understand everything I'm saying, like the concept of no time, the concept of non-locality, the concept of the uh, observer and the observed uh, not being separate, of just the oneness of consciousness. All of that makes perfect sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I, just, I just live it and breathe it. But I'm not doing that from my physical brain, even though my physical brain has been indoctrinated um, into that belief but from my my human mind that's a belief i have but from the higher mind it's the knowing that i have you got to go beyond that those physical limits that have been indoctrinated you know like oh no you can't do this you can't do that right it's like well who says you can't you know <laughs> there's nothing we can't do as individuals or as a planet if we if we actually um put our minds to it, and enough people did, for instance, just as an example, we could make, you know how there's all this plastic out in the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. Huge. We can make that disappear. It's only energy. It's only a thought. It's not, we could make uh, places that have become radioactive, non-radioactive, or we could make ourselves as, as human physical beings impervious to the uh, effects of radiation. I mean, there's nothing that we can't do. Um, but um, the, the good thing is that on our individual lives, we have extreme level of power. On the worldwide scale, it's not likely that one person could say, 
okay, I'm going to banish all the plastic from, it's just going to return to the clean, pure energy of consciousness. One person's probably not going to pull that off. But a certain a number of people, if there were enough people, I'm just using that as one example, that you'd look the next day and that, you know, just like tumors disappear. When I saw a video one time on YouTube where there was these three healers in the, in the room with um, a cancer patient who had a tumor. And, and you also see the screen where they, I don't know if it's MRI or which one it would have been, but where you see the tumor on the screen, on the monitor, mm -hmm. and you have these three holy men or whatever they were, healers, and you actually saw that thing shrinking on the, wow. mo on the monitor. Well, you could, you could do the same thing with the plastic in the ocean, just as, a, as one other example. It's all, con everything is consciousness, everything is energy. There is no real physicality or materiality. And when we understand that, then we, we can use consciousness to mold consciousness. We can use focus and directed and purposeful energy to mold and govern energy. And that's basically the picture of life that we see. We can change the whole thing. If enough people knew how, we could change it on a, on a planetary uh, scale. You just have to believe. You have to believe and you have to figure out what it is you do want things to look like. And then that's what you program into the hologram. It's like a, a computer program. You put that in and that's the picture you'll get back out. Like um, I've heard stories about monks that go up in the mountains to go um, meditate. You know, they'll sit in a circle and meditate and the snow around them will start to melt just in that circle that they're in, you know, just that pure right. energy. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't understand everything's just vibrations and frequency, you know. Right. Right. And you know how there's certain people that you get around them and you just don't feel good. Or it could be a friend. You spend some time, but afterwards you're always like, oh man, you know, life sucks. And, 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 but then there's other people you get around and they just lift you just by their very presence. I, I know someone's very close to me who people just flock to her in public uh, or the places she goes, uh, stores and st stuff, people that work there. Oh, thank you for coming. Like thanking her for coming. You're always, you know, we always feel so good when you come to the store. Uh, people even feeling better physically with physical conditions around her. It's a, it's a high spiritual energy. And then there's other people who you just feel, you know, you feel down. Uh, you feel negative and you, well, you're picking up that person's vibration. So everything is energy. We all vibrate at uh, different levels. And the way I like to uh, try to explain it is let's say you have a little cabin in the woods and it's in the winter and you've got the fireplace going so you, you're, you have it nice and heated up. Outside it's very, very cold. So when you open the door, if you leave it open, you got the heat rushing in and the cold rushing out and what they're trying to do is equalize. Well, when two people come together, there's no two people at the exact same level of uh, spiritual frequency. So one's always gonna be somewhat higher than another. One, one person has to be higher in that regard. And when I say frequency, I mean their understanding of life and, and the reality of, of, uh, of our existence. Um, and what happens is the person who is at a lower level will start being raised by the sheer energy interaction. It's like opening the door, the hot going towards the cold, the cold during the hot, towards the hot. And But by the same token, the spiritual, more spiritual person will be dragged down a bit because some of that, you could say the cold from the outside comes in. 
And that's why it's well known that, you know, all of the um, spiritual masters and this and that, they had to go, they have to have periods of solitude and uh, getting away from people because they have to recharge. And nice. so, yeah, so we want to be people, we want to raise ourselves to being people that are the ones who are helping to lift others around us. And it can be no more than just our presence. We can say things, we can teach people stuff, we can do things and be an example, but just our presence actually has that effect. We also have to um, understand that if we do too much of that and without enough of our own recharging, then eventually we can actually just end up, before you know it, you're just living a normal life with normal people having all the same physical and mental and emotional and financial problems. And it's because you didn't um, stick to and keep yourself on that higher level. So I think, I like to, to think that we don't really have a, um, it's, it's an honor or, or a, just something that we get to do to help other people, but it's not a responsibility. Our responsibility is to our own consciousness, to raise our own consciousness. And in that, we, we automatically raise the whole world because it could be no other way. But when it comes to helping individuals, uh, you know, raising them, we can do that if that is what we're called to do, if that's what feels right. But I like uh, people who are becoming more um, uh, spiritually minded and they get frustrated that their friends and their family don't understand. I like them to know they're not your responsibility. You raise yourself up, you'll become an example. You're helping them uh, even just by nothing other than your energy and that they know you and interact with you, even if it's imperceptible on the surface of their lives, you're helping them. And if you can do more than that, if you can encourage people, talk to them, teach them, uh, uh, recommend a book, that's all well and good. It's you get to do that, but you don't have to do that. Your first responsibility is to your own consciousness. And that's where you can do the most good for the world at large. In, very, in your own being. very wise words. And right there, that'll just relieve some stress by by just doing that, you know, because so many people stress out and they try and, um, you know, um, I got to say awaken, you know, their family and friends, you know, like try and drop that knowledge. And some people don't understand, you know, and, you know, you just can't stress about that. Some people won't get it and it's okay, you right. know. And, you know, it's not just spiritual matters either. It could be um, what's going on on the world stage, like the coronavirus, you know, what's real, what's not real about all of this. It could be about health and diet. People routinely who are into health and diet and they learn something they think is helpful uh, and they try to share it with their family, but nobody's interested because mm -hmm. everybody already thinks they know and they don't want to, especially uh, part of it is they don't want to think they've been doing something wrong all these years, right? They take it personally, an ego thing. Uh, but and Very true. Of course, yeah, and of course, it's same with spirituality that uh, people are they're not ready to say, oh, wow, you found a, you know, a better way for me to be healthy or you found a way for me to be more spiritual. It's working for you. Oh, great. What is it? No, they're like, oh, OK, well, you know, have fun, but don't bother me with that because I got my own thing going. <laughs> yeah, know? people don't some people don't want to hear that they've been lied to their whole lives. You know, right. they're like, that's not possible. OK, well. <laughs> Believe what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, someone uh, uh, one time, a, 
friend told me that the family member, she was trying to tell them about the politicians and, and, and different things, uh, medical, you know, modern medicine. And, well, they wouldn't do anything to, to hurt us. Like they're there to protect us and to help us. They're, there's whatever you're saying is crazy. They wouldn't, you know, uh, and that just shows the level of na naivety, really, just how naive and gullible people are. Um, but there's a lot of uh, subtle psychological forces in play that they, you know, it, it's hard to, to really, it's almost a new paradigm to, to think that, you know, modern medicine, for instance, doesn't have all the answers. Like people run for surgery and, and uh, uh, in, in, uh, in the uh, New Normal book, I talk about a doctor who's a cancer doctor. And he um, told more than 500 people that they had cancer and gave, I don't know if you heard the story, and gave them treatments, uh, you know, chemo and radiation or whatever, and they did not have cancer. Oh my God. Yeah, it was over 500 people. And why did he do it? To make more money, to give them the treatments. And he, he destroyed, you know, people's lives. And so that's oh why. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I use that as an example in the new normal because I want people to know that you need to get a second opinion. Number one. Number two, it, modern uh, mainstream medicine is not the only way of healing. And in fact, we could argue that most of it is not actually healing. It's suppressing symptoms and, and hurting us further, weakening our immune system. Um, but then I brought it into this present situation of um, the coronavirus worldwide pandemic or whatever you want to call it, that um, you, you want a second opinion on that too. Just like you, you know, and I, I say, okay, this doctor, you know, said they had cancer and they didn't. Um, a second opinion would have saved them from all the suffering in those treatments, but not even to have the thought to say, oh, maybe this guy's lying to me. I better get a second opinion. Maybe he misdiagnosed or maybe the treatment he's offering or, or suggesting is not the best. You know, I mean, in a life and death situation like that, you want a second opinion and I mm -hmm. think it's the same with economic matters, spiritual matters. That's what people get sucked into a cult. They don't, they stop looking for second opinions. They just believe this is it. Uh, the highest of the high, the all of the all, you know, God incarnate, literally sometimes I don't need to seek any further. Everyone else is wrong. And we're, you know, this 23 people are right. You know, we're right. Uh, and everyone else is wrong. Um, I think that we always need to seek further um, and wider for information and then make up our own minds. Because if we're only getting opinions from one or two little sources, then that's not our thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's their thoughts that we've adopted and as, our own, as our own and said, yeah, here's what I believe. Everything this guy over here said, as opposed to, listen, I've, li I've listened to a hundred people. I've read 20 books. I've watched, you know, 50 uh, YouTube videos or whatever. And here's what all these people say. And after hearing all of this diverse opinions, here's the opinion I've come up with. Like, you know, my opinion. Mm -hmm. Not I just took it from one person and oh yeah, what he said, you know. Many people just copy and paste and repeat what they hear. Right. And instead of doing their own research and giving their own opinion. Exactly. Which is which is funny because a lot of times when people do that and you you ask them more questions and they can't answer because it's not their opinion. It's just something they heard. You know, that's when they start getting defensive. Sometimes I've experienced anyway, right. you know, like they, they just hear somebody say something on TV and they're like, Oh, I believe that too. 
and right. you start asking them more questions and they get mad at you. <laughs> it's like, right. I'm just trying to understand, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, people don't want their beliefs questioned um, or, or challenged because it makes them very uh, uncomfortable and they feel like they have to um, defend themselves. Like it becomes a, a battle of, of wills or, you know, and that's, that's the exact opposite of having an open mind saying, all right, well, here's what I believe, but you know, what do you believe? I'm, I'm willing to, to hear your opinion. It's when I'm afraid to hear your opinion. That's when you know that I am really not all that sure about what I believe, but I really want to believe it. And therefore I don't want to have it challenged. And therefore I don't want to talk about this because I already know what's true and, and you're wrong. And that's where a lot of people are on a lot of different subjects. Very true. Very yeah. true. Wow. wow, man. Well, you're a very wise man, man. Very spiritual. I love it. Very positive vibes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's what I do. So hopefully I, I'm doing some of it. Okay. Oh, and, for uh, sure. And very good advice. You know, you know what you're talking about, you know, and, uh, hope people listening are you know paying attention right now <laughs> yeah i i think they are i think people should uh this isn't a time in our history to be comfortable or to think that we know or to just listen to the powers that be um about what's going on and uh, or to think that uh, to be stable in any this is this is a time of upheaval right now and so it should it should be a time of upheaval uh, upheaval personally as well within our own lives to just look at everything how how I've been living my life what have my beliefs been what do I believe spiritually and then just put all of that under a microscope and say maybe there's room for improvement not you know I've been wrong or I'm stupid or anything but just maybe I can modify maybe I can improve maybe I can grow uh, in this situation, and I think this is a is a great opportunity for growth. There's and growth is never um, comfortable. There's always pain involved, right? You go to the gym, you lift a weight, and it hurts, but then you end up with a, a more strength and a larger muscle. It's the same thing. We got to go through the pain to get the gain, and now it's a lot of it's being thrust upon us. Like we're not choosing the time. <laughs> but we can choose our response to what's going on. And I think part of it should be a lot of self-reflection uh, and introspection right now. Nice, man. Yeah. yeah, just thinking, just just right there, that will help so many people, you know, because there's a lot of stress going on right now. And, you know, it's uh, tough times, you know. And Right. But yeah. we got to move on. We got to move forward, you know. Got to keep going. Got to keep living. Right. Right. This can all, all lead to us uh, individually uh, being stronger and more aware and, and more uh, sane, really, more practical and just more in, in touch with the reality of the environment that we're finding ourselves in and how to um, navigate that, not just for appearances for today, but for reality and practicality for the long term, you know, uh, otherwise, you know. Um, we're going to pay the price for not having done that. And that could be you end up homeless because you didn't prepare financially or overextended yourself. We talked about that. It mm -hmm. could be something as simple as that. It's not even really a spiritual um, thing, just practical, um, mundane, physical life things. But when you bring the spiritual angle in with it as well, 
the spiritual introspection, this is a wonderful opportunity for a lot of growth and a lot of benefit to all of us that uh, step up and meet this challenge. Got to think above that consumerism mindset, you know? Right, right. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks. Thanks very much for coming on. I, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, man. Uh, so where can people find your books again? Uh, Amazon or right, website? All my, right. All my books are on Amazon in print and um, uh, Kindle editions right now. And as I said, there are the, the new normal and some other books are free on Kindle. So check those out. But the best thing for people to do is to go to my website and it's jamesgoijr.com. So that's my um, my name, jamesgoyjr.com. And there they can subscribe to my free monthly Mind, Power, and Money e-zine. And they'll also get a free PDF copy of my money of my book, um, um, Attract Money Now, which I think is, uh, oh no, Attract Money Forever. <laughs> Attract Money Now is somebody else's book. But Attract Money Forever. And uh, nice. what's the best thing to do? Just sign up for that e-zine and this way you can stay plugged in and, and uh, get that uh, message from me every month. The last four have been about the coronavirus and probably for the foreseeable future they're going to be. And so I just encourage people to check out, check that out at my website. Awesome, man. And that, that's very cool that, you know, your books also available for free. Some of them, you know, just dropping free knowledge, you know, that right there, that's amazing. Right, right. Yeah, people should take advantage of that and uh, see what works for them, what they resonate with. For sure. I'll check it out, man. I got Kindle, so that's oh, awesome cool. right there. <laughs> right, great. And uh, thanks again. Thank you very much for coming on. Certainly, certainly. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yep. You have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. everyone thanks for tuning in and if you'd like to support this podcast you can find me at anchor.fm slash screaming chewy gmail.com there'll be three options for a monthly subscription first one i believe starts at a dollar a month yo yeah dollar a month yeah and if you don't want to that's cool you can follow me on facebook and youtube screaming chewy show for some memes some more videos for episodes and behind the scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy, so I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.